Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Got a great one for you today, but first you guys know that we have a Patreon uh, out in the world right now and there are uh, people supporting us at various levels helping to make these videos possible. If you're supporting us in a big enough way, you're getting all the videos before anybody else. Hit that link in the description below. Uh, the vids are also brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at a plethora of our bibliographies. Uh, I have uh, Red Room Comics that I'm focusing on right now, Trigger Warnings in the Anti-Social Network trade paperback are out in the wild right now. It's a 10-year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree, four volumes of that out uh, on the stands right now. X-Men Grand Design and WYSIWYG. Jimmy has a forthcoming Hulk Grand Design book. You see the screen eyeball? You're going to be picking that up off your uh, local comic shop racks uh, sooner than later. And uh, Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, Octobriana, were you part of that Kickstarter? Maybe you were, maybe you weren't, man, but you got to support the Kayfabe channel, keep these videos flowing. Today, we're going to take a look at uh, the, the Weapon X Artist Edition, Jimmy. Barry Windsor Smith is uh, the focus of uh, this, this video that we're going to be checking out. For scale purposes, there's, <laughs> there's a standard comic book, so nice big oversized edition here. Uh, about 14 inches or so, not quite the size of original art, but a nice big oversized edition of Barry Windsor Smith's very detailed artwork. And I'm taking it back, man. These are Hip Hop Family Tree size. It's not Marvel Treasury size. Go hold a Treasury. It's about inch inch longer. So Hip Hop Family Tree comes out, start to make X-Men Grand Design, insist that they make stuff the same size, and uh, they now have a line of books at Hip Hop Family Tree size. And uh, this was slid to me by some, by one of our moles at, at Marvel, at Baltimore Comic-Con, who was like, Ed, Jim, keep spreading the good word about production values, about upping things up. I did the best I can. Like, like, like I, 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 it's a push-pull. I fight with these guys. And, you know, we still have the white paper. We still have the, the garish color. Like, like I keep fighting a good fight. I think we're going to be able to like make make the books that you know you see fit in terms of color and all that kind of thing. So it's that same you know it's the reprint color just at a bigger size, which is cool. You could you could you could uh, enjoy the artwork a little bit more. Yeah, still kind of glossy paper. Yeah, which isn't I, I great. was wondering if it was uncoated. I think it's a matte finish probably is what you've got there. It's not the hardcore gloss, but yeah. also your ink is sitting on top of it because it is some kind of coating. Yeah. Here's my advice for the people working in the trenches or doing these reprint projects. Put a five percent yellow on top of all of this, yeah. And I think that you would really be surprised by what you what comes back. That's true. And and you know what? Do it on one of them and see what happens. Because I've been talking about those Random House collections. I ended up buying the Black Panther one because like it's so good looking. I just had I found it on sale. How to get it? Yeah. I will bring it in and look at it. Show off what I mean. But the same deal where it's like it's really nice, but just a little bit of the color could be better if you just. Just give it that extra, the Rich Tommaso, man. Put that extra couple of percent of, of screen on there. Exactly. At least this is really nice reproduction, like line-wise, very high quality. Yeah, and the collection comes packed with a couple of extras. Uh, this is that issue that was so nice we had to do a video on it <laughs> twice. Uh, the the Death, um, what's her name? La Death Lady, Lady Deathstrike Reavers issue that uh, BWS colored. I think uh, this size really flatters Windsor Smith's work because when we looked at that, we talk about just how dense his oh, yeah. line work and everything is. I mean, look at this, four tiers. Looks good at this size. It does. Uh, so also, pinups, covers are included here with the piece. And then just a little, a little other flotsam and jetsam with the uh, collections and things. But this is why we're here right Indeed here. Indeed it is. Got about a dozen, you know, two dozen or so 
scans of original art from Weapon X, and I imagine that they're pretty scattered. And uh, I also imagine, you know, whoever Mark is, like, like I don't imagine Marvel did too much, uh, too much due diligence or whatever to try to find pages. They probably these are sourced from people that they could get uh, in contact with pretty easy. It's really interesting to me how these artist editions put their their work together. Yeah. Because I just saw Scott Dunbeer posting about the Michael Golden edition. Yeah. And was like soliciting, man, if you've got some good Mike Golden art, get in touch with him. You know, so like you're getting scans from all over the place, which may account for why this one is, is very white, where this is a little more yellow. Yeah. And, um, and you adds and, to the charm, though, in my opinion. And you and I, like we saw Dunbeer in, in Baltimore, and he sat there with like one of those super expensive, like $10,000, like giant flatbed scanners, like at the convention with its own kind of power source just uh taking on all comers man like uh, maybe it's not a michael golden page or a kevin nolan page they're bringing but it might be a future uh, yeah exactly I, I can't imagine the art like we've talked to him and, and i i know he has collections of art that he's gotten from here and there yeah places like heritage auction so looking here like i see whiteout yes already these pages are so great because of the amount of work that's on the page absolutely you know even the lettering on the originals something you don't see very often like probably somewhere in the mid 90s that starts to phase out and uh, it's great to see it here like this. It truly is, man. Uh, looking like several different kinds of inks being used here. Like when he's getting large black areas, he's using that cheap Higgins. But you see the good black uh, where it counts. Makes me wonder if he's doing a lot of pen work. Because, you know, like that Higgins stuff, clearly, I, to brush. me, that's a brush. Yeah. But then, like, when you get into all his hatching and stuff, is that all pen work? It looks like ticks, doesn't it? It does. It looks like little flicks of a Gillette pen or something. Man, I can't tell you how much I poured over these pages as a kid. They hit me at just the right time. Yeah. Moving towards that monster style. Totally. It's so fun seeing this stuff in, in its crisp black and white, too, because, like, you see the marks that, like, Aaron Wiesenfeld and, and, and uh, Jim Lee and Scott Williams start to bring into their work. You know, they make it more plasticky and less organic, but at the hands of Barry Windsor Smith, like, you know, this is... The hand of an artist. Yeah, it's interesting to think of this as an influence on a Jim Lee. Well, maybe not this story, but Barry Windsor Smith. Yeah. I remember whenever he got Windsor Smith to do some of that Wildstorm Rising and you'd read interviews and stuff and, you know, clearly an artist that he revered. Cer certainly, revered. yeah, certainly this issue was, was out before he really got his run going. Definitely. And you'll see, like, these little bits are things that Scott Williams like builds into the inking. Right. Uh, you could take a look at X Men One cover, and you'll see these like little open circles. Oh, man, look at that stuff. So iconic. It is. It is. And when you see these thickets of trees and stuff, really illustrates too how you make your black spotting blacks right. Like right. I used to it hear that from artists all the time, and you can see it here where like all those trees are they create a gray. Yeah. It could be hatching even though we interpret it as trees, but from just a purely value standpoint, Wolverine is the black. That's where your eye's gonna go. Yeah, surrounded by this white. Uh, Barry Windsor Smith was part of the uh, the studio. Mike Kaluta, Jeffrey Catherine Jones, Bernie Wrightson. And Bernie Wrightson established these kinds of thickets and Barry Windsor Smith is definitely like picking up where Homeboy left off and doing it, you know, 
beautifully. Speaking of being part of the studio, when I see a hand like this of Windsor Smith, that's a guy that could, could peel off the layers of skin and show you what the hand looks like with tendons and muscles. Then he could peel those off and show you the skeleton structure underneath. Yeah. And it's all drawn there. You know, you see how these knuckles build up, the bones build up with like a, the, the tighter, the top of the flesh kind of parts. It's, uh, man, it's an anatomy lesson. It really is. Like, I mean, this is a very clear kind of croaky drawing rather than just your comic book shorthand of, of like what is a hand. And he is a drawer. He admits to being a drawer. Like the drawing of the image is, is you know, that gets him off. Not just like the storytelling part of it, but actually making fun looking cool drawings is something that he digs. Mm. More of those iconic pages, huh, Jimmy? These things were huge. It's Think funny. of all the all the Weapon X stuff that comes out after this. That like it's almost a new mythology, almost a new dimension of this character. Totally, that he totally. Like you know, with the helmet. So like this toy will be out the next year. Yeah, <laughs> the naked Wolverine toy. The naked Wolverine toy with the helmet, and like when you take the helmet off, the, they painted the whites of the eyes, and it's not a good look. Like it, it, it looks like a big giant anime girl. That's funny. This has cyberpunk elements. We were talking about cyberpunk. I mean, look at those two pages. This was a pose that I copied a lot you know that's what i was like that was the age for me you know i was so into this stuff just copying these drawings into my sketchbooks and whenever you'd get like a really good pose i would look at that and just think like it felt so real in terms of weight and like balance yeah it's true and it feels it's speedy like mm -hmm. like if it, it feels like he's rushing in and yep. all weight is on this leg you know like like the weights on this leg and he's still moving yeah you know he'll stop eventually on the up lighting on the on the bear is great yeah, and by the way, put some weight and twist on the bear as well to have these two figures like fighting back and forth. They look like they're circling one another, man, in a defensive way. Jimmy, do you, uh, when you draw your guys, do you draw or have at least a little bit of like almost like a wire frame on, on your characters, like for the lighting and things to just kind of give you the planes? Not so much for the lighting, but definitely for sort of just the shapes and everything. Yeah. For sure. And especially if it's something like this where characters are very off balance. If it's just a, a headshot, maybe not. You know, if it's just the kind of a quick sketch. But something like that with a full figure, like, I have to draw that. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so cool, too, to see him go from, like, the heavily crosshatched stuff to then spotting blacks, like, on a page like this. Really, uh, he's got every tool. He every really tool does. in the drawing arsenal. Especially at this point, I feel like he's uh, gone away from comics and come back with just a whole advanced work set. Yeah, that's the thing with some people with their scans, like they're, they're cheating them because you could see that this is probably a pretty authentic scan where they're not playing with levels very, very much. Uh, the the non-repro blue of the blue line feels non-repro blue there, and you could see the difference there where they totally jack up the levels. Um, it's conceivable that somebody's storing this stuff out of the light, but I think unlikely. I, I mean, it's impossible. Like that is dark. This is the telltale. That is print. Then it's going to show up in print. No, no, no doubt about it. This is nice because you actually can see the repro, non-repro blue pencils. Um, especially this was one of those really weird drawings in the in the book where I think it's like colored funny, like maybe it's like a heat sensor kind of coloring. Yeah. Which he probably colored himself and yes. had in mind when he's drawing it. But on here, you can see like how he's blocking in his shadow and stuff with that blue pencil, right. but just outlining it with a real light line. Yeah, gonna go Mike Hinge with it. I love it whenever you can actually see some of that drawing underneath. Even like here, you can see a leg that's just, nope, gonna move the leg down a little bit whenever I actually ink the final figure. All right. 
I think it's one owner of like all these jacked yeah, up be. pieces. They do look like they're scanned with the same uh, cleanup setting or the same setting in the scan area. And then you get to see like a little bit of a, maybe a coffee or a, an ink wash <laughs> drop there. Also remarkable for me looking at this original series is how he was able to do like eight pages at a clip. Yeah. And it felt like it was worth my buck 25. Right. Just that eight pager. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. There was so much on those pages. And then, and then when Barry Windsor Smith sees this, does he go, I'm never fucking working for Marvel again? You know, I don't understand it at all. Like, I, you have to have a visual background to some degree if, if your job is like coloring or putting together a cover, right? And yet, like, you, you see this and you see the original and you go, oh, no, this is really great. Look, <laughs> look how I improved that. I'm going to teach Uncle, Uncle Barry a couple of things about drawing, about color theory. And you would even think, like, at some point an editor would be like, whoa, what are you doing to Barry Windsor? Like, this guy's never going to work for us again. You're, yeah. you're just going to recolor his... This is the equivalent of going into a painting and being like, you know what? It's pretty good, but let me splash some blue here. I think you were wrong on this color. Like, who would have the audacity to do that in any other visual art field? What's that, what's that one, uh, Eki Homo, Echo Homo, the, the, the one uh, G Jesus painting that got that got uh restored and it just looks so <laughs> fucked up like this is our co the comics version of that man where you got some restoration cats getting uh abusive with the uh the airbrush tools and stuff but but jimmy uh, also by the way i wish i had that level of confidence <laughs> right to just yeah yeah, yeah. what couldn't you do if you had the level of confidence <laughs> to be like you know what barry windsor smith pretty good but i i, I know where he went wrong <laughs> So, uh, guys, I mean, if you're playing at home, like, how many pages was that that we got to see? Ten pages of original artwork. But there's a couple things. There's something that came through the kayfabe uh, offices, right, Jimmy? Yes, it did. That and, and let me tell you. It's a pretty inspiring idea. It's changing my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, should, should, we, should we put it out there, man? Should, see, this is... One, this... one little bit of setup. If you Google Weapon X pages, Barry Windsor Smith, you can find a hundred of his original pages online. Good setup, man. And you would find it mostly at uh, comicartfans.com yep. and at a pretty high resolution yes. where you can see stuff. And, and, and maybe at enough resolution. Like the people who, you know, a lot of people who own original art, they, they want you to see the, oh, yeah. the marginalia and things like that. And they want you to see it at a sexy level. They want you to know they have it. So what if... You take all those images mm. that you find on uh, comic art fans, and what if you uh, just make your own print-on-demand book? All right, don't open this yet. Yes, and we're not going to look at this because this is tomorrow's episode. Okay, good. Excellent. But this showed up in our mailbag, yes. and we get boxes of mail, and we're sorting it out, you know, who's taking what home. And I didn't think much of this. To me, I thought, oh, IDW did a ROM a, uh, original art book. Yeah. That's cool. I'm not a huge ROM guy. Let me pick this other book out of the pile. You end up with this head, and then we go home with our boxes of books, and we're looking through it, like, what's a good episode? What'd we end up with? And you start reading this, and you realize this isn't an IDW official publication. Right. This is a fan-made bootleg edition of a ROM original art book. It's not ROM. It's it's a Sal Buscema art book, Space Knights ah, and Superheroes. So, okay, so even this, better. This guy's a Sal Buscema mark. Uh, presumably went on comic art fans, grabbed all the best Sal Buscema pages mm. off of there, and there's only 10 copies of this thing. So so it's like, he, the guy ain't making money. Chill out, Scott Dunbeer. Like, chill out on the on the keyboard. It's a, it's going to be all right. You're all right. This guy sent it as a portfolio piece to... Uh, we, we did an episode about... 
what if there's a Marvel Grand Design Artist Edition? This dude is like, I would love to design it for you guys. Here's like some things I have in mind. Here's what I could do. Made 10 copies. He sent it to the other places that create artist editions uh, to put his put his uh, you know name in the hat to put, potentially be a designer of those future books. It's a great portfolio piece. But the idea of taking artwork from a high res off of comic art fans and binding your own kind of print on demand art book uh, that's that's one of a kind of your favorite guys buy our book so that we can retire and just do that for ourselves <laughs> yes. the rest the rest of our lives oh man, man. It, it it fills my head with ideas it's such a cool use of the tools that we now have and we look at bootlegs we bind books you know this is all really awesome fun and this is just one more element now that you could play with it totally and, and, you is, know man. whether you love Sal Buscema or you're making a portfolio book either way just of course so shout to Ian Chalgren who who put this together. I, I am sad that I only get copy ten of ten. You know, like I think we could have uh, done something uh, uh, about that. Well, talk about sad. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going home without a copy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible you might you might end up with one. But uh, shout to Ian Chalgren for putting this together. And it's going to be tomorrow's video on uh, the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel where we uh, explore this idea a little bit more thoroughly. I think it's amazing. We have such a creative audience out there. I can. I'm already sort of like thinking of what are people going to be making because we've seen amazing handmade books, you know, books that don't exist that we dream about. I've made a couple myself, and this just, to me, opens up the floodgates for, like, a whole new avenue of really cool stuff. So, Jimmy, um, as of this recording, we still have to work for a living, uh, and so do you out there in the audience, but if you are inspired and like, you know what, I just don't know when they're going to make an artist edition of this or that, and you make one, Send us a copy. Send us two copies. Yes. P.O. Box 3071. <laughs> Keep Mon the band together. Munhall, PA 15120. We'll show these motherfuckers off and go through them. And, uh, you know, if it's not going to be us making a, a bookshelf of, of uh, bootleg artist editions for ourselves, the Kayfabe bodies can help out with that. Man. Ask not what cartoonist Kayfabe that's can right, do for that's you. That's right, that's right, yes. But ask what you could do for cartoonist Kayfabe. And uh, with, with, with that in mind as a parting shot, Jimmy, are you good to go? Yes. Kayfabers, hit up the Patreon and join us at the King Kayfaber level. We have dozens of people in the chat room right now who are watching this in real time and who are watching the stream before you get to see these videos on YouTube proper. We have all these books here in our bibliography. Jimmy, tell the people specifically what you got out there. Hulk Grand Design, Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive, and The Plain Janes available now. Well, I guess Hulk Grand Design coming very, very soon. According to Marvel, February 22nd is the release date on that one. And uh, you can pre-order my next Street Angel collection, Princess of Poverty. That one is now up for pre-order. That'll be coming out later this spring. And you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see lots more of my art, what I'm working on, and you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics there. The bibliography is here, man. Red Room is the focus right now. Red Room, the anti-social network, and Red Room trigger warnings are the trade paperbacks that are out there. But I am putting pen to paper on uh, the next round of Red Room comics that will uh, start to see the light of day in the forthcoming months. Hip Hop Family Tree is the 10-year anniversary of that comic, man. Give us some support. Go check it out. X-Men Grand Design and WYSIWYG are also out there in the wild. Uh, these videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Jimmy, what else do we have out there, man? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, and more at our spread shop. That link is also below this video. Another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders, Jim. We'll be on our way. Make more comics.